You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Here in Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe on this lovely Monday morning, along with from the Washita Citizen, Jake Martin. What up, Jake? What's up? I thought you were about to call me lovely yeah. for a second there. <laughs> I, was gonna... I hop into work. I skip into work today. I am raring to go, and literally, you are just dragging this morning. Oh. What is the deal? Oh, really? What's what's up with that? I don't know, man. I'm raring to go. Fantastic. I, I didn't weekend. think I was dragging in here. I mean, the Masters was yesterday. Yes. You know, that's my tournament. Yes. That's my day. <laughs> so I came in here pretty fired up, right? Uh, plenty to discuss over the next two hours. You can join the conversation on the Stuart Shelby text slash hotline, 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. A memorable weekend, to say the least. Where would you like to start, Jake Martin? I know you've been waiting to talk about the Masters, so you go right ahead. Uh, it was an odd Masters, to say the least. And then uh, we're going to see what the ratings are going to be like following uh, this weekend. Obviously, on Thursday, Friday, they did fantastic with everybody trying to tune in to watch Tiger. Sure. Tiger did not perform as we expected. He was one over for the tournament. Uh, he finishes in 32nd place. The Masters coverage on Friday it was the highest ratings they had since 2013. It was an increase of 50% over the following year. So it sets up for the weekend, and of course, uh, the kid Patrick Reed goes on to win the Masters. The big talk going into yesterday was the fact that Reed would kind of falter down the stretch, that the other big names, Roy McIlroy and the others, would chase him down. He couldn't handle the pressure. Well, the kid did all right. He held up and goes on to win the Masters. I wouldn't say it was a a thrilling uh, last hour or two hours of the Masters, but uh, good for him, and of course, a Louisiana tie-in, the fact that... uh, he won a couple state championships down at university. So then as it's playing out and you want to know more and learn more about Patrick Reed, you start you know, doing some research on him and c- continue to hear some different stories. It was odd, Jake, because he, he just, I don't know, if the lack of charisma, and then you hear more about his story, and you're just like, this is just, you know, it's baffling. He goes from university, wins two, a couple state championships down there. He goes to Georgia, has a couple of incidences with the police, just typical things that you would see from a college kid involving alcohol. And then there was a, almost a, literally a cheating incident in golf where he's basically kicked off the squad at Georgia, so he lands at Augusta State, of all places, and he helps them win a couple championships. So you think being a, a hometown guy in his own backyard – the crowd would be Get some cheers. all about Patrick Reed, and it wasn't the case. And Tim Fletcher, my buddy over at Shreveport, he probably had the best metaphor. He's kind of it was kind of like, you know, putting pineapple on a pizza. Some people like it. Yeah, but most not everybody. Likes most it. like you're just messing with something that's already working. Yeah, yeah. So Reed ends up winning it, and uh, and then you read stories this morning the fact that. Uh, you know, his family still lives in Augusta. They're not welcomed at the course. They haven't talked since, I think, 2013. They uh, attempted to mend the fences and attend a couple of events. I think it was the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. And uh, they were basically escorted off the course by security because Patrick Reed told them to escort his family off the course. Uh, so 
sad, sad story, but of course he celebrates a huge milestone, and they say his life will be changed forever. Well, you know, and he wins it, and this is what baffles me is they ask him, you know, what do you think, what do you make of the people booing you or rooting against you or saying bad things about you on Twitter? Here's his quote. I don't know. Why don't you ask them? I mean, I have no idea, and honestly, I really don't care what people say on Twitter or what they say, if they're cheering for me or not cheering for me. I'm out here to do my job, and that's to play golf. I feel like I'm doing it the right way. Then that's all that really matters. Golf needs a villain, right? (laughs) Golf needs a villain. He's your heel? He's the heel. He's the top heel. And we really thought it appeared in the final uh, nine holes of that thing, what Jordan Spieth was doing, just putting together an incredible round. He was well on his way to having the best round in the history of the Masters, at least the best score, time for the best score, and certainly the best round in a final round. And then it happens to all of us golfers. He finds a tree limb. (laughs) Us golfers do not. (laughs) Do not. I I find a tree all the time. Well, yeah, but you're not a quote-unquote golfer. (laughs) For us hackers, uh, we can find some uh, tree limbs, and that's what happened to Jordan Spieth on number 18. Yeah, and Spieth, uh, his quote after was, I almost pulled off the impossible, yeah. and how close he came. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the huge national storylines from this weekend. I guess the other one has to certainly be WrestleMania. WrestleMania, yeah. Uh, we'll get Tabor's thoughts on it. He was there <laughs> yesterday. We'll talk to Tabor tomorrow about it. But, uh, yeah, apparently the Superdome did not prepare. Uh, they were run out of concessions. Um, Seventy. There, it was reported 78,000 people there um so they had to cut off alcohol sales uh at, right at 10 o'clock which shouldn't come as a surprise and you said this thing started what it uh, they opened the gates or Eight. the doors at 3 30 so yeah it's <laughs> so long man so long uh i will say this I, i've been hating on ronda rousey yeah. i'm not a fan of hers uh, i never have been but she did well last night she you know uh executed her spots well and uh i give it to her she yeah. she performed well i did see one uh, telling quote from her afterwards she probably got a little bit caught in the moment she was asked about uh her career now in the wwe well she's not great at quotes and she said uh did she hold any regrets about her ufc career are you ready yeah let's hear it i thought i would never say this but i am happy i lost those fights because it led me here wow this is so worth it i wish i could say it was worth 100 losses but it's about two. Everything really does happen for a reason. Well, that's the first time she's really addressed it like that. So good for her. Mm. We were walking around New Orleans on a Saturday and uh, did see a couple of champions. <laughs> yeah, I or at least they were carrying oh, a lot belts. Of cosplay, yeah, yeah. My wife saw one guy and said, "What belt does he have?" <laughs> I said, "Well, whatever you can buy at Wally World." Yeah, exactly. So. WrestleMania has come and gone, uh, so now we can talk about real sports for you people. Uh, Dave does weigh in. I was going to mention this, too, that uh, they grossed $14.1 million yesterday for WrestleMania. Wow. That beats the all-time best of uh, in 2014 when they grossed 10.9, for whatever that's worth. Hmm. Gotcha. Well, uh, so, Aaron, the question now is, should we go around our college teams, or should we talk about our newly adopted Houston Astros. That's right. Houston Astros won our poll. So we are now an Astros affiliate. I don't know. 
<laughs> no, we're just the two recent guys are going to jump on their bandwagon. That's right. That's more. That's. But I did think it was fitting though when we jump on board. What happened this week? They weekend? have one of the weirdest endings yeah. to a game I've seen in a very long time. Uh, with two outs in the tenth, Alex Bregman hit a uh, pop up. It was about a couple feet away from the plate. And the Padres looked confused. They didn't know who was going to get it. They looked lost like little the leaguers. ball. It looked like little leaguers. They let the ball hit the ground. And, of course, uh, they, Astros had a man on third, and he scored. So they won with a walk-off pop-up mm. in the infield. So I think we brought a little good luck to the Astros. There you go. Speaking of baseball in the college ranks, an interesting week to say the least. And, of course, this sets up a huge midweek game on Tuesday, we start with Louisiana Tech, of course. They go into this week ranked uh, 22nd in the country. And then, of course, the loss, the midweek game they had against Little Rock. And, of course, you heard from a very upset Lane Burroughs following that game. Mm -hmm. But they ultimately uh, take care of business this weekend in uh, San Antonio. They win that series. In fact, uh, the fourth consecutive series they have won. They now improve to 9-3 and three in league play. Hunter Wells was fantastic in the last game, a uh, hit for the cycle yeah. for the Dogs. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about Lane Burroughs. We played that sound clip a couple of times. It was, um, you know, he was so frustrated with the way um, that they performed at the plate in that uh, midweek game. But here they come in the weekend, and they scored 24 runs over the weekend. I thought that was a good response by the offense, especially when Matt Miller for the second week in a row didn't have his best stuff. Mm. Uh, so the, the pitching, which was – has been dominant for most of the year, needed help from the offense, and the offense came through to win that series. Uh, now uh, 57th in the RPI rankings. You look at the matchup now, they will go down to the box on Tuesday to square off against an LSU squad that lost two games down in College Station this weekend. LSU looks bad right now. They just look bad. Uh, the base running is still bad. Hunter Fiducia is still struggling everywhere, really. Uh, and then on top of all all of that, Bryce Jordan gets hurt. He gets hurt Friday as if you couldn't, you know, this team can't withstand any more injuries. Bryce Jordan, who was having a great week, goes down with an injury, and it looks like to be his knee. I haven't seen anything else being reported about it, but when it happened, Paul Maneri was in tears because it was the same, um, to be the same injury as last year that cost him the whole season. So Paul Maneri was pretty broken up after the game. Uh, so it doesn't look like he'll be back anytime soon if he even will come back. Mm. And uh, they're just struggling at the plate. And they've been really aggressive. They were really aggressive uh, Saturday. They had another Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. But they were really aggressive at the plate Saturday going after the first pitch. And, I mean, they just could not produce a hit hardly. I mean, it, they, they struggled. It was Thankfully, Zach Watson hit an uh, RBI uh, single or double, I forget. But he, he – got the RBI to keep them from getting shut out Saturday. But, man, they, they got work this weekend. They Right now, they do not look like a good baseball team. And I know you can make the excuses that they have injuries everywhere. And, it's it's you know, you have to bring that up. But the fact is they're not doing the small things right. And, listen, this is a great opportunity for Louisiana Tech to go to Alex Box to get this win mm. because LSU's RPI is going to jump up when they start facing some of these top, you know, top ten opponents in the SEC. So this is a great opportunity to, to get that RPI up. Grambling loses a series to Prairie View. That's the first series they have lost in SWAC play this year. And ULM takes care of business versus Texas State. Another unusual series for the Hawks. But ultimately, they do win this series. 
They only had one hit yesterday. Yeah, and won that game. <laughs> they won one to nothing on one hit. They had four hits in a doubleheader, and they won both of those games. How about that? And uh, the game before that, they rallied in the eighth. Uh, Turner Francis hit a two RBI homer uh, for them to win that game three to two. I'm reading uh, Texas State's uh, press release on their website with the information from the weekend. Uh, it says, Texas State pitching ruled the day. They used five hurlers across two games and combined to allow just four runs on four hits, and the Bobcats outhit ULM 12-4. to They buried the lead, though. <laughs> How did those games end yes, up? Ultimately, they lose those two games. Was that games. a win or a loss? It's just like the Arkansas State series, you know. Yeah, yeah. ULM uh, gives up 31 runs in one game, but they on and they get what uh, beat in that or outrun in that series 31 to 13, but they ultimately win that series That's against true. the Red Wolves. Odd to say the least. Yeah, uh, another odd one, but uh, second conference win, uh, conference series win for the for ULM. So those are just a few of the headlines on this Monday morning. We got more coming up, but it's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pancare. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. It's a huge week, Jake, uh, in college baseball. Also, we got some spring football games coming up later this week. Ben Carlisle from Bleed Tech Blue will join us in the next segment. How about Teddy Allen? We're going to wrap up our Masters coverage coming up at 8 o'clock. He will join us live from the Masters. And then Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, will join us for his weekly visit at 8.30. Plus, we got to talk about the Pels. We're right down the stretch. we got two games left, and the Pelicans picked up a huge win by defeating the Warriors. I can't wait to get into some Pels talk. Uh, Richie says the, the Rousey match was the best part of the show. Match of the night easily, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> Richie didn't like WrestleMania, it sounds. I also want to ask Jake, uh, the fallout continues with Conor McGregor. Should he be banned for life? That was one of many headlines that I saw this weekend. 888-993-7762. We're off and running on the morning. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. Today's Louisiana Tech Report brought to you by Legacy Rehab. They offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for many of our local health care facilities, whether it's sports medicine, pediatrics, or chronic pain management. Legacy covers it all. Serving locations in Ruston, Monroe, Bastrop, Farmerville, Bernice, Menon, and South Arkansas. Call 255-5980 for more information. Let's talk a little uh, Diamond Dogs. Ben Carlisle joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. What up, Ben? How you doing this morning, bud? Oh, doing pretty good, guys. How y'all doing? Good. Uh, plenty to discuss in terms of Louisiana Tech athletics, and I think we're all getting a little fired up. It is a midweek game, but what will take place tomorrow down in the box? How important of a game is this now for Louisiana Tech, Ben? When I looked up the RPI today, and they are at 57. Yeah, I think when you look at the grand scheme of things, uh, with how well Tech has been playing uh, throughout the season, I think it's fair to say uh, that when you look at Tech's 24-10 record, 9-3 in conference USA play, it's been uh, quite a surprise, and it's also been surprising how you know LSU's a little bit down uh, for their standards, or a little less than you know what we're used to. But it is a big game tomorrow night in Baton Rouge. I assume uh, David Leal will get the start for Tech, and we we know how good he's been in the midweek. Uh, I think he's averaging right at seven innings per start, which is just phenomenal, uh, especially for a Tuesday night guy. So Tech has a good opportunity to go down to LSU and uh, potentially pick up a big road win. But, 
you know, we've seen it many times with Tech going down to LSU. Uh, you know, LSU usually handles Tech pretty easily in all sports, but it is a golden opportunity uh, for Tech tomorrow night in Baton Rouge. So I look at this RPI, and of course we're very critical of it with Louisiana Tech because we know what will take place if they have to try to get an at-large bid at 57. I was a little startled to see LSU down at 62, but as Jake mentions, uh, of course that will continue to go up as they play in the SEC, and you got, what, 10 teams ranked. Uh, you look at this in terms of their resume. Uh, do you think they have a strong enough resume right now, or is it literally going to take a, a victory over LSU and then, of course, consider and continue to roll along in conference play where right now they are 10-3 and three in league play? Yeah, you know, right now I don't think the resume is good enough to get into the NCAA tournament like they did two years ago. You look at that team two years ago, they had 10 top 25 wins, and they barely mm-hmm. snuck in, it felt like. So they just need to continue winning. I feel like, you know, regardless of RPI, I don't want to say regardless of RPI, but if you finish in the top two of the regular season in conference play and then, you know, win two or three games in the conference tournament, I feel like you get yourself into the tournament. Now, if you finish third, fourth, fifth in the league, uh, it's going to make it very difficult because takes schedule down the, you know, the rest of the way is not very strong. Conference USA is a little weaker than what we're used to seeing. So, Tech just needs to keep winning on the weekend. One thing that I think has been a uh, big key, you know, as far as keeping that RPI right there in the middle of the 50s is Tech hasn't lost a weekend series all year, which is impressive. And I don't know how many teams can say that across the country. So that could hit, hit, carry some weight uh, as we head down, you know, the last six weeks of the season. So I think for the most part, Tech just needs to keep winning. You know, obviously a win at LSU would be big. Uh, two wins over ULL in the middle of the week would uh, – also carry a great deal of credibility as well. So just keep winning. Uh, that's about yeah. all Tech can do right now because you can't help that the conference schedule is a little weaker than we're used to seeing. And, Ben, this certainly did not help their cause last week, the midweek game. And, of course, Lane Burrow is very upset afterwards the way they played against the Trojans. Then Little Rock goes out this weekend and loses two, and they go from 41st in the RPI. They dropped 20 spots, and now they're at 61. They're actually below Louisiana Tech. Yeah, it's two losses, you know, both of them to Little Rock, and I'll even include the loss to Northwestern State at home, you know, way back in the first month of the season. Those three losses really hurt. Now, I know Little Rock is improved, but like you said, they had a tough weekend this weekend, uh, and, you know, maybe they're coming back down to earth. So those, so those three losses, I just hope that, you know, those aren't the three losses that ends up keeping Tech on the outside looking in because if Tech does have those three wins, we're talking about a team that's 27-7 right now and, you know, maybe top 20 in the country. So it's just crazy to think about baseball is an odd game, and uh, you never know what can happen on any given night. Uh, you certainly don't want to miss out on some good opportunities to win, but the two losses to Little Rock and the one in Northwestern really stick out to me. All right, and we, we bury the lead. They're coming off another great weekend when they won their fourth consecutive series inside the lead to go to 9-3 and three overall. Several players stood out, and I guess you have to start with Hunter Wells and what he did hitting for the cycle yesterday. Oh, yeah, he had a phenomenal weekend. He, he's been really good for Tech uh, you know, all year uh, from that leadoff spot. I feel like he's probably the best hitter on the team. He and Mason Mallard really carried the offense this weekend. And, you know, looking for, especially yesterday, the big 13-0 victory uh, over UTSA, a team that's playing pretty well, and to go and win uh, Tech's second road conference series is certainly nice to see. It was obviously concerning to see Matt Miller struggle for the second consecutive 
weekend. But, you know, if Tech can get him back right, just keep the pitching going in the direction that it's going. Uh, Logan Bailey's been outstanding in the final game of the series, 13 scoreless innings in his last two outings. So as long as Tech can continue to pitch well, uh, we're starting to see that bullpen deepen on some. Quentin Logan had a good outing uh, on Saturday. Or, yeah, Saturday. Uh, Graham Allick's throwing the ball well. Casey Sullivan's starting to contribute. So those are three guys that uh, weren't really in the mix, you know, in the early part of conference play. So Tech continues to pitch and the offense continues to progress. I think you're going to see this team continue to stay right there at the top of the conference standing. But, yeah, it was an impressive weekend against a pretty good UTSA team. Ben Carlisle joins us uh, from Bleed Tech Blue on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Ben, being a former Louisiana Tech pitcher, obviously you watched and see the game a little bit different than some of us. Uh, what has impressed you the most about this pitching staff so far this year? I, I think the thing that impresses me the most is just the lack of walks. You look at you know strikeout-to-walk ratio, you look at walks per nine innings, Tech's top five in the country in both of those areas. And when you're making teams string two, three, four hits together, in order to, you know, not only score one run, but, you know, to balloon an inning to four or five runs, it makes it very difficult. And I think that's why you're seeing them have so much success. When you look at the starting five of Matt Miller, Logan Robbins, Logan Bailey, David Leal, and Tyler Follis, those five guys, they just don't walk anyone. And so when you're making teams earn their way onto the bases and with hits and extra base hits, it becomes very difficult. And that's why you're seeing Tech have so much success on the mound. And, you know, that carries over uh, and gives your relievers some confidence as well. And, you know, it doesn't work out. You know, the old cliche is, you know, the better you pitch, your offense relaxes a little bit. I think you see Tech's offense, you know, expect the pitching staff to carry them at times, which, you know, can be can cause some question marks. But overall, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing that's impressed me is the lack of walks and making teams earn their way onto the bases. And I think that's a big reason why Tech's having so much success. Shame on us. We haven't talked a lot about uh, Louisiana's Tech spring football, but it is uh, winding down the spring game on the horizon. What are some of the things that have stood out the most to you, Ben? Uh, you know, throughout the spring, everything's been pretty consistent. One thing that stood out to me is, you know, obviously it's the spring. Uh, you don't have your full core players. You know, guys are missing time with uh, minor nicks and bruises. I know Teddy Beal's been out this spring. Uh, after off-season foot surgery, and then, you, you know, you're going to welcome about 20 new guys uh, come this fall. So you're not there, you know, totally from a depth standpoint. But overall, I think, you know, going into this 2018 season, I've been really impressed with the play of Jamar Smith. Uh, he seems to have really matured, you know, not only mentally but physically as well. He knows where to go with the football. He's thrown with uh, a lot more accuracy throughout the spring. And then this team just – I know I mentioned there's not a ton of depth without – you know, the full complement of players, but this team in the secondary especially, they can they can go three deep in the secondary, which is uh, you and I have seen a lot of tech football, and, you know, that didn't, that couldn't be said very often. So that's been nice to see, and then the defense just continues to fly around with Blake Baker, defensive coordinator. Uh, they It seems like they get better every day and play with so much confidence, which is uh, nice to see, and it's encouraging because tech does have a – a pretty difficult schedule heading into 2018. But overall, I'd say it's been a pretty good spring for Tech, and uh, I know Skip Holtz is excited about the direction of his football team. Ben, I think a lot of people are just curious, who will be toting the rock, though, come next fall? Yeah, Cam McKnight's moved to running back. Uh, Jacquees Dancy's obviously back for his junior year. Uh, he's you know He's been hampered by injuries, which can't fault the kid. He's beat Hodgkin's lymphoma. 
Yeah. Then you got Israel Tucker, a redshirt sophomore running back, who saw a few carries a year ago. Uh, but, you know, I think you'll see those three guys uh, get a majority of the carries with Dante and McKnight uh, leading the way. McKnight's really impressed me at running back. Uh, he seems more natural. Uh, he was recruited by Miami as a running back out of high school, actually. So he's just more natural back there. Uh, he's a one-cut guy, gets north and south. He's, he's dropped a little bit of weight uh, to get down in that 225-230 range to make him a little bit more elusive. But I think you'll see him. Uh, be that between the tackles guy, and then you'll look for Jaquise Dancy, Tech, to try to get him on the edge, get him in some space. And uh, we, we know what he can do with the ball in his hands. But those three guys will get a majority of the reps. And then you have, you know, Walcone, D. Fleming, uh, Walcone, Tony Huey, those two guys. Uh, Fleming saw a little bit of time as a freshman. Huey will be a redshirt freshman. And then, uh, interesting enough, Jared Kraft's twin brother, Gerard Kraft, is actually a walk-on from Tech this spring as well. And he's He's shown some flashes, but those are the six running backs that Tech has in, in uh, camp right now. But uh, I think McKnight and Dancy will lead the way. Uh, I know he's got to sit out a year. Isaiah Graham, the former TCU and Bastrop and Aaron's ace uh, star, has he made an impact a relatively short period of time being on campus? Yeah, he's an interesting prospect. You look at him going to TCU and you know not having a great deal of success. And I, I know that one thing that surprised me is. You know, nothing against Isaiah by any means, but the lack of weight that TCU wasn't able to put on him. He's obviously got, you know, 15 to 20 pounds to add uh, in his year off, but he is impressive at receiver. He's a guy that when he gets the ball in his hands, it's clear that uh, he can make a play with it. He's a speed guy that can really get down the field. But, yeah, I think he's had a nice, solid spring. I think this year off is really going to do him well uh, just from being able to get in the weight room and add some weight uh, and become more physical at that outside receiver position. Good stuff, Ben. Uh, listeners out there want to get more. Where can they find you and Bleed Tech Blue? Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Bleed Tech Blue. You can join us at BleedTechBlue.com. Right now we're offering a 100-day free trial. Uh, the offer expires April the 14th, um, which is this coming Saturday, the day of Tech spring game. Uh, we're covering Louisiana Tech baseball, Louisiana Tech football, and uh, some exciting things going on at BleedTechBlue.com. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, guys. Uh, Lady Texas coming off a three-game sweep this weekend. Huge news for them. They had uh, scored 33 runs in that sweep. That is a new school record. Also, uh, Mark Montgomery picked up his 500th career win. That is now 170 wins in six years that he's been at Louisiana Tech. So congratulations to Coach Montgomery and the Lady Texas. Also, uh, ULM softball tying it in with that. They won a big series against UTA. Yeah, and how about LSU? They went 19 innings against Ole Miss over the weekend, and uh, Wall Jasper threw all 19 innings. Got a number of texts to get here, plus, it, 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 here too, plus a, a number of uh, odds and ends from the weekend. You can continue to weigh in at 888-993-7762. The morning drive rolls along after this. All right, got a number of uh, texts here to get to. Uh, Randy says, pulled out a ULM win with one hit. Think there's a difference from last year. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they won a couple of games yes. this year. They like, well, I wouldn't say it was smoke and mirrors, but I mean they just they're figuring out Gritty. ways to win. Yeah, gritty. They have a lot of grit to them. I mean, you get four hits over a course of two games, and you win both of those games. Uh huh. And you rally uh, in the in the both games. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, incredible. Uh, Richie weighs in in terms of WrestleMania, Jake. 
it, he said it was too long. It was pretty much I was pretty much out of it by the time the main event started. The big matches continuously fell flat. Takeover on Saturday stole the entire weekend. And Quint's taking another jab at me. He's good at it. Where is he's landed a lot of them, quite frankly. <laughs> where is the UFC four eight three nine breakdown from Jake? What UFC was this, Jake? Ah, uh, two twenty three. <laughs> You know, they used to joke about that, like, hey, one day we'll be up to 200. They tried to get rid of the numbers, and fans really? were not having it, so they had to keep the numbers. Yeah. Takes the creativity out of it, though. You don't have to brainstorm and come up nope. with a, a title. Just you know. just put a number on it. All right, so where's the breakdown, man? And you were devastated on Friday. <laughs> I was pretty crushed. I mean, the news came down right we as we were doing shots. parting shots, yeah. and the news comes down that the main event was basically going to be canceled. And it was like literally – uh, Quint had punched Jake in the midsection <laughs> or in the groin. I was uh, I was pretty sad because I was looking forward to getting the fights. And um, But the show must go on, Jake. The show went on. And they're still going to have a main event. And they'll just pick up, some Actually, bum from, no, they'll pick up some bum from the street, right? It wasn't guaranteed. They got, they got a fighter who was actually on the card to move up and fight Khabib. Mm. Uh, which Khabib, I mean, it was actually a pretty good fight. Ally Quinta stepped up and fought him. Um, see, now you got me talking about the event. Oh, exactly. But, That's uh, what I do. <laughs> but uh, it was a good fight. Uh, Khabib didn't look great standing up, but, of course, that's not his uh, expertise. Yeah. It's all about his expertise is fighting bears. Yes. Yeah. You liked, I sent you the video of uh, the guy breaking down yes. nine-year-old awesome. nine Khabib versus the bear. He, well, he actually had analysis of it. That was really some riveting play-by-play. <laughs> it play. really was. Uh, later in the week, we may have to share some. We might have to play that. Khabib, when he was younger, of course, as folklore had it, and then of course Jake points out to me there's video to prove it. He wrestled bears. He was a nine year old, or at least he wrestled one. He wrestled a bear. Yep. Yeah. So um, anyway, and, and then Thug Rose uh, beat Joanna again in a great fight. Well, what's the deal with the apology from Joe Rogan? What, what is that all about? He, so he commentates as you know. Yeah. And he was fear factor. He yeah. was <laughs> no. <laughs> he was very critical of Khabib, of a stand up. And he had to apologize because it was a dominant performance. And you know how people are on the Twitter. And he wanted to keep his paycheck and keep his gig. No, I mean, Joe's just that kind of guy. Don't come after Joe. That's my guy. (laughs) You want to get some odd headlines? I thought that was odd. Well, I mean. (laughs) We were talking about uh, WrestleMania and then uh, a UFC. And, of course, and I want to get your take on this. So the fallout continues with, with, with Conor McGregor. And see these bold headlines. Should he be banned for life? No. I mean, what are the odds of that actually taking it's place? It's not going to happen. You're... So Dana White can say as much as he wants to be a negative towards well, Conor McGregor all, right now. But ultimately, he's got to get his pockets lined. First of all, Dana says a lot of things. And he usually goes back on most of those things. So I wouldn't buy too much into what Dana says. Connor brings in too much money. He's going to. My only question is whether the athletic commission step in and prevent him from fighting for a certain amount of time. But once he's cleared, and once the UFC makes a PR suspension and you know a public slap on the wrist, he'll be back in the UFC and he'll be fighting. Tim wants to know. We're talking uh, WWE, UFC over softball. That's our daily text. Yeah. <laughs> Quinn says uh, Aaron wrestles with a grumpy bear every morning. <laughs> I think he's, that's a reference to you. I'm the grumpy one. Okay. That's new. I always considered you to be the grumpy one. 
Odd headlines. What else you got, Jake? It's, can I finally talk about the Pels? I yeah, mean, yes. Gracious. Sorry, we buried the Pels. Yes. We we were no ready respect. to bury their playoff chances a, a couple of weeks ago, and now we they have rallied, and they have rallied in a big way. Yeah, we were we were very concerned. But they played the Warriors uh, over the weekend, and as you know, the Warriors own the Pelicans. I mean, they just they, they won 20 of the last 21 uh, meetings before this game took place, and thankfully, babyface – Nikola Mirotic, have you seen him since he shaved the beard? I have not. He is unrecognizable, mm. uh, just with that baby face. But uh, he has been on fire. He is since since shaving the beard, Aaron. Here's a stat for you. He's averaged 28 points and 9.7 rebounds, shooting over 50%. Mm. He's been special, and uh, he had 28 points in that win. He came up big once again. And Drew Holiday, you know, I, I talked about him. But, blocking shots down the stretch. I mean, his defense is outstanding. Yet again, another clutch defensive play with uh, 30 seconds to go in that game. He stripped Kevin Durant uh, to, to seal that deal. So, big win for the Pels. Now, what does that do? Um, fifth seed now, right? They are the fifth seed. So, Two games left. There are two games left. San Antonio and Oklahoma City both picked up wins Saturday night, too. So, <laughs> the Pelicans could end up falling anywhere from number – Four to nine in these last two games, and they play the um, they play the Clippers tonight at nine thirty. It's on ESPN. If you can stay up that late, and then they play the Spurs Wednesday. So they have to win. I think if, if they win one of the two, one of those two games, they are in the playoffs. It really is unbelievable. We're talking about maybe or perhaps a five seed. Considering what this franchise has gone through this year and the roller coaster ride that they have been on. And it's, it's insane. And, and, heck, they could be a four seed. So, yeah, we'll have to see how this plays out. Um, it, just win just win tonight, and you seal a postseason berth. That's, let's, let's get that covered first, and then we can start projecting where you can land. But uh, just take care of business tonight against the Clippers. They're favored uh, by six and a half. So they should get that win. Another text here. They did not put their name on it. They should. I saw someone post a video of Jake dancing at a Rockets game. Is that correct, Jake? <laughs> I'm assuming he's uh, making reference to the – did you see the video of the guy dancing? Uh, I think he, he quote-unquote works there, but it's probably one of those plant dancer uh, type guys. He did like a backflip and stuff. Yeah. It was very entertaining. Yeah. But, no, that was not me. You were missing You me. were at a Pels game, though, recently, though. I was at a Pels game recently, yes. Did you dance? Did they win that game? Yeah, uh, they beat the Celtics. That was when they were they won four or five. Remember, they played like five games in six days, mm -hmm. and they and they won four of those. And then you know they fell off. Uh, Casey says UFC's loss if they decide to ban Connor. They're not banning Connor. Stop <laughs> spreading fake news. There's still more people uh, jumping on board that this was a, a a stunt that went horribly wrong. Yeah. What what sense does it make? I just don't get it. So, well, so he just took it right. to a whole nother level. Okay, so time out. So they're saying that it was a stunt that just got carried away. That Connor. Yes. So why, if if this was a stunt, Aaron, nobody was intended to get injured and, and fights to I be canceled. It. I get it. If this was a stunt, why would you have Connor do anything? Why wouldn't you? Have because to? it's Connor McGregor. Anything Connor no, McGregor listen, does listen, grabs the headlines. Let me finish what I'm saying. Connor, if you're if you're gonna have a stunt, you have Connor stand there with the sunglasses on as his minions do it, mm. and then you do a zoom in on Connor and he just takes he just takes off his sunglasses and peers into the eyes of Khabib. 
<laughs> right? I mean, you do something like that where he doesn't get his hands dirty. And he looks like this, I don't know, gangster thug, the Don. He looks like the Don. Jake Martin, the uh, producer over here, is script, script hey, writer. Hey, I'm a writer. I am a writer. <laughs> well, I think you need a, need a new lead there for that one. Uh, 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive returns after this. Hey, how about we talk more spring football? We got some stats from LSU scrimmage this Are we, we really going to do this? Yes, heck yeah. Okay. This is a... Intriguing radio when you talk about LSU's offense. Hey, by the way, they uh, struggled in the scrimmage, I hear. Yeah, yeah. And, and we got situational stats. Yeah. So uh, From we, Ed Orgeron. We look forward to the, the, talking about those. Yeah. <laughs> and some big news for uh, ULM football. We got details of a world champion coach returning to Monroe. That's coming up next on the Morning Drive. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Ken doing a fabulous job filling in for Tabor. This morning, back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston, you came dragging in here today after watching WrestleMania on TV. Any, what, what do you think of the odds of Tabor actually being up at this point this morning <laughs> in no, New Orleans? There's no chance. Tabor was no dropping a lot of money. <laughs> no chance, huh, Ken? No. I <laughs> uh, can't wait to. Uh, he, he, I say he'll be fired up tomorrow. We'll hopefully get a story or two <laughs> from uh, Tabor tomorrow. Oh, there are going to be some great stories from this weekend. <laughs> yes. Uh, Richie says, Jake Connor is gone. The UFC will be signing Nicholas to a deal. He'll be the first full-time WWE UFC athlete. Mm. So, on WrestleMania, they did this little gimmick where uh, Braun Strowman, this monster of a man, uh, he competed in strongman competition, so you can imagine how big he is. He looks like the mountain from Game of Thrones. Mm. Um, do you watch Game of Thrones so you, you don't get that reference? All right. Uh, anyway, he's a huge guy. Uh, he was facing the, the tag team champions, and he had to find a partner. So he looks in the audience, and he grabs this 10-year-old named Nicholas. Now, why this is funny is this kid – I'm assuming was a was just a great actor. He looked terrified on the apron. Or maybe he was just a terrified kid. I, I doubt they would just pick a kid, right? Like he had to considering be a, so much is scripted. Yeah. <laughs> why had, would they leave that they one? They had unscripted? to put a plant in yeah. the audience, right? But this kid did a great job because he just looked scared and he had a lot of, uh, you know, scary. He, he had a lot of uh, faces where he just looked terrified. Thus which made for a great night on Twitter because now you've got all these memes that are just hilarious. But that's the reference that Richie was making. The kid's name was Nicholas. He was 10 years old. So can you imagine being in front of 78,000 people? Well, that's what I was gonna, well, can you imagine at 25, Jake, they pulled you up there. You would have been <laughs> terrified. You would have been wetting your pants too. I would have slipped, <laughs> fell, did something, something to embarrass myself. 888-993-7762, the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. All right, a, a couple other headlines. Hey, this is pretty cool. Uh, ULM announced this over the weekend. They're going to have a, the kickoff uh, a banquet to kick off the 2018 season. Uh, it'll actually take place April 21st. Doug Peterson coming back to ULM. Awesome. Uh, VIP tables are available, $2,500. $250 a ticket. If that's a little pricey for you, there are certainly some other options. Uh, you can get another uh, table for 1000 and then $100 a pop. And they'll be in Fan U. And if you just want to sit in the stands and listen to Doug Peterson and hear about his incredible rise through the college, through the uh, coaching ranks, 
uh, $25 will get you in the door, and you can sit up in the uh, stands there at Van Ewing. Yeah, this is awesome. This is taking advantage of those ULM roots, and mm-hmm. uh, good for ULM. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the you know, the hottest thing going in the NFL right now. Bring them in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, good job, ULM. And then, of course, uh, the news from uh, LSU. Jake loves breaking down the scrimmages and when they give the stats. And Ed Orgeron stands up there and tells you about how the offense and they're going to chunk the ball around. Well, the defense uh, dominated the situational scrimmage indoors on Saturday. Mm, well, Ed Orgeron's quote, the scrimmage was dominated by the defense. We had a tremendous pass rush and forced some turnovers. I thought the defense was on fire most so of the day. I, this is okay. Can I say this? This is like breaking down WrestleMania as if it's a real sport, right? This is this is equivalent to that because this is situational stuff, first of all. Second of all, the defense is all, always comes on faster than the offense. Right. Third, you've got an offense that has its third offensive coordinator three years, and I understand that Ensminger was there and took over in an interim role. Mm-hmm. But still, it's still the third offense in three years, a third mm-hmm. offensive coordinator in three years. So mm-hmm. – and they're trying to, you know, from reports, they're trying to adopt a West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the offense is going to struggle in the, in the spring mm-hmm. and likely in the fall and likely throughout the season, okay, if we're being honest. But, but there's always interest in LSU football. Everybody is, wants yeah. to hear about this offense. Uh, Orgeron said uh, for the entire uh, scrimmage, the quarterbacks were 16 of 37, 178 yards and two touchdowns. If you're just going by the stats, Miles Brennan, 10 of 15 for 93, one score, one interception. Justin McMillan, 3 of 11 for 20 yards and one touchdown. Redshirt freshman Loyal Narcisse, 3 of 11 for 65. Yeah, so what do you want me to say? No, like, I'm not, I don't want you to say anything. I'm just telling you what happened. Okay. Nick well. Brissett, uh, 34 uh, yards on 17 carries. And Leonard Fournette, which I am dumbfounded that he's still on the campus and still grinding away. Leonard's brother, 21 yards on six attempts. So there you go. There you go. There's your LSU stats, uh, situational stats. I don't know. I think uh, one one thing we we can talk about or should talk about is uh, Tyler Shelvin looked really good in goal line situations. And Ed Orgeron pointed him out. He also pointed out Rashard Lawrence. So Mm -hmm. uh, Rashard is still – one of the top guys on that defense, yeah. in case you forgot. Yeah, two tackles, one sack. Uh, big news from the high school ranks this weekend. The big kid up in Oak Grove, uh, Keenan Caldwell, continues to get plenty of looks. In fact, he got an offer from Texas A&M over the weekend. That is his fifth overall offer. Wow, awesome. Yeah. And speaking of high school, uh, switching sports on you, West Washtenaw got a big win against West Monroe yesterday. Connor Jones hit a triple in the seventh to give them a 6-5 to five victory. Some of the headlines from this weekend, of course, the big ones being uh, the Masters of playing out with Patrick Reed, a former Louisiana high school star, winning the, the Masters. He won a couple championships down there at university. We had this big buildup for the Masters with all the attention, of course, being with on Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. And then it kind of fizzled out when you could tell that he wasn't going to be in contention. First of all, was he going to make the cut? He ultimately does. He finishes a 32nd overall. Did see Tiger now says it's been a draining six, seven weeks. Now he will literally put the clubs in the closet for the next three to four weeks and kind of get uh, uh, rejuvenated. Here's my question. You were talking about the ratings and how they did so well on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I I was not compelled to, to 
you know. So just the event alone on Sunday, you didn't try to tune I in? I called and... a little bit, but I was not glued to the TV like I would be if Tiger was in the midst of a run. You know, you need was... more than the breathtaking sights and Jim Nance to get you pulled Juiced in. for it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, look, it's, it's one of the biggest sporting events of the year, so I'm going to have it on. But I'm not going to, you know, sit down and watch it all day, if that makes sense. Mm. Now, um, what I was going to ask is, do you think, you know, since Tiger didn't have a great Thursday and Friday, do you think that they kept the viewers just because people tuned in those two days to see Tiger? Do you think they kept those viewers on Saturday and Sunday? Or do you think because he didn't have great performance those two days that, you know, they didn't feel compelled like yeah, I, I like yeah. me. To, I think it'll be a lot like you. They yeah. did not stay tuned in the entire weekend. Yeah, having some of the younger stars though, like Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth, of course, being on the leaderboard and making a run, I think that hurt their cause. But when you turn into Sports Center and, and you're watching it, and they show Tiger literally on the driving range, and they have the ball tracker following his shots on the driving range, you're like, ooh, taking a little bit to another level there. Yeah, yeah, certainly are, but uh. I don't know. I like you said, it was kind of an anticlimactic finish to to the Masters. So, yeah, I've seen I've seen more um, more compelling Masters in my day. I spent the weekend down in New Orleans. It was a little bit of an odd weekend, just with WrestleMania being in yeah. town, and of course, you see a, guy, a lot of guys carrying belts around. Which I is, never got that. It's very I strange. I never understood yes. that. And some really nice belts too. Yeah. That's a wrestling fan thing that I just never understood. Yeah. Why buy the belt? Why carry the belt around? <laughs> I don't get it. The wife says, uh, what's he a champion of? <laughs> I said, well, that's a good question. Now, like, if you got a fantasy football league or something like that, that makes sense, yeah. right? If you've got Just some, with your buddies and yeah. you're having fun. Or if you, I don't know, for golf, I don't know. You and Tharp have a belt that y'all exchange. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just carry it around for no reason, I don't get it. I did make the pitch, though, on uh, Sundays. We were having a breakfast. said, hey, we're still in town. We could hang around, try to scalp some tickets. I, I'm going to guess that you didn't try too hard. <laughs> you didn't want to pony up that kind of day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 888-993-7762. Coming up after the break, we love to hear from our correspondent, Teddy Allen. He will join us live from the Masters. We will get his analysis and breakdown of what took place this weekend and should we be a fan of Patrick Reed. That's coming up after the break. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? You can't come strong with music like that. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.